I operate from my heart because I guess where my true assets are are in all my clients, which are basically my friends. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Before we jump into it, I wanted to read this week's reviews. If you want to help the community and have others find this podcast easier, do me a favor and leave a review in iTunes. In fact, this week I have a five-star review from W. Warlick. Keep up the good work. Look forward to listening to your podcast whenever I can. You do a fantastic job keeping the interview fun and interactive. I also like the length of the podcast. Some are just too long. I really find value in understanding where people have been and where they're going. You have some pretty impressive people on your podcast, and I'm looking forward to see who you have next. Keep up the good work, and I'll be listening. Mary Turner and Delphina have been my two favorites. Thank you, W. Warlick. So don't forget to leave a review so I can read it on upcoming shows. Let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this morning in Lafayette, Louisiana with Mark Goodyear, CEO and President of Com Engineering. How are you this morning, Mark? Doing very well. Good. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Before we go deeper into your current role, could you please tell the audience of how you got started? Uh, Yes. Ultimately, I started my first company about 33 years ago, and it was a little mechanical contracting company that we started with window units, and my warehouse consisted of a boat trailer and two sheets of plywood. Wow, that's it? Yes. So we had a pretty humble beginning. I'd say so. Um, So was that here in Lafayette? Yes, it was in Lafayette, and ultimately we started with fixing uh, little window unit air conditioners, and we learned all about cathodics and corrosion offshore and came up with a nice little package that would last twice as long as the typical air conditioning system offshore. Well, from that, ultimately we grew another company, which is an engineering firm, which designed all the oil and gas offshore facilities. Okay. What really got you into that? I would say what got me into every single thing I've ever got into is my relationships with amazing people. And I guess always had the gift of knowing how to serve others, and it served me well. Good, good. So now that we know where you got started, let's discuss your journey from that point to now. Well, I guess once we got into each one of my companies and figuring out what what it took to get the customer's attention, which is ultimately how can we save them money? The thought with the offshore platforms, we used more of an approach that we used existing platforms that were already set. Uh-huh. We would salvage them and bring them into shore, refurbish them, and send them back offshore, and we could beat the cycle time of building a new one 
by about 18 months. So Wow, yeah, that's yeah. that makes the difference. Yeah, so our pitch to the oil companies were we can get your cash flow 18 months sooner than with what you would do now or the way you typically do it, which wound up to be a significant amount of money and savings for them. So each little endeavor we ever did, it was always based on how can we save you money. And the key is, is we were pretty creative and successful well, I guess you kind of have to be creative when it comes to saving money and figuring out new innovative ways of doing things versus the what everybody else is already doing, right? Yeah, I would have to think that you have to get real familiar with thinking a thought you never thought. That's true. <laughs> I guess I never thought of that that way. Yes. They're very outside of the box. Yes. With my engineering firm, we recognized the Clean Air Act um, was affecting the oil fields, so we tooled up and got familiar. That's under the EPA, correct? Yes. They had passed a lot of sweeping legislation that ultimately no one really knew how it was going to affect each industry. Well, our direction was to specialize in air emissions with the COM engineering, and ultimately from there, we understood the new laws. We help teach the oil companies on how you do what you do and figured out how to do it cheaper than they could do it in-house. So we just followed the regulation. We understood the surface facilities Mm -hmm. and we understood what we needed to do to adjust the facilities to get them the least amount of air emissions in the industry. Now, besides teaching and communicating the new legislature that was passed, did y'all do any of that reporting as well? Yes. We figured out that we could automate how you do all of your regulatory compliance. So we teamed up with LSU and we wrote a software, Mm -hmm. which typically a chemical engineer to do an air permit would take anywhere from three to four weeks to get it written. And what we've done is we can do an air permit in three hours now. Oh, wow. That's that's tremendously different. Yes. And the clients really appreciated that because typically they wait a little while before they get the permit moving. And we were very efficient on just turning it around and getting it out for them, realizing that they needed that before they produced. And sometimes companies start producing and, oh, my, have to go back and fix it. Well, and I think that a lot of it is they don't realize that's the process. Well, their focus is, is the next well. You know, right. once they get the well drilled and it's successful, put in the facility and tie it in a pipeline. Right, yeah. What are some challenges you've faced? I think the challenges really are the regulations, and it's to be able to sit down and truly absorb what all that regulation really means because it's typically left a lot to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I guess we have surrounded ourselves by some of the smartest folks in the industry on knowing how to simplify that thought. And I guess the way that we put it, you know, it's a complex world, but when it gets right down to it, it's simple solutions. Right, right. Ultimately, I think with what where we're really making a, a lot of head ground is, is right now with the downturn, all the oil companies are looking at how can we refine or, or save cost. And that's what makes me smile. And uh, so, they're a little more uh, amenable to looking at systems that save them money when it comes to environmental compliance, um, all the regulatory issues. What I've learned is 
the environmental conversation when it comes to air emissions, it's hard for the field people as well as the office to really even understand the language. Right. It's pretty complicated. (laughs) It is complicated. But if we had a, a knack, I would say we can take all of this regulation and put it into simple language to where a production or operations guy understands it versus if you've ever read the Code of Federal Regulations, you kind of walk away and just think, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> I guess what we do is, is be able to convert it to so many MCF a day and so many barrels of oil a day produce so many tons of emission. So when we sit down with the client, ultimately it's just if you're producing, say, 12 barrels of oil a day, you're going to fall into this category of compliance, which makes it real simple. That isn't it like a certain tier or something like that? Yeah, and it's it's really it's called tons of emission. You know, and and each state allows so many tons of air emission, and you know it's hard for a production guy to even focus on that. Versus saying if you're at 15 barrels of oil a day, don't have to do too much. When you get to 50 barrels of oil a day, this is with what you're going to have to do, and it just makes it make sense. Because in the end, those folks in the field typically are the ones that are going to make you or break you. And if they don't understand, it's difficult. So it's almost like you're a translator. Yes, exactly. A technical translator. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Because when it uh, all boils down to, they just have to understand to be able to hit the target. And I guess all of them, you know, whenever you have this downturn, you have fewer people that are working so hard so long every day because they're spread short and then throw a little environmental issue towards them you know they're already overloaded and that's what pushes them off the cliff yeah yeah and their bonuses are based primarily on production or what we call throughput through the yeah. oil, oil facility so you know i'm a little more of a carrot guy than a stick guy and I think it, the majority of the folks in the oil field are carrot people. So it's a difficult thing to fit in their everyday thoughts. So did you ever think you'd be where you are now, looking back? If I would have guessed, it would have been the 180 <laughs> of exactly where you are. But I realize I'm a passenger on my little life bus and the key is is in the oil field uh, I think what's intrigued me the most is really the adventure and some of the most amazing people on the planet and what I liked was it's a global you know the world really is your playground when you're in the oil business because it's on every continent and we happen to have done projects on the majority of all the continents as well as have our patented equipment on probably five of the continents right now. That's so cool. And just to think, you know, we started out so humble and getting to go do work all over the world. I'm amazed every morning. If you had a piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? I would say follow your heart. That's a good one. I operate from my heart because I guess where my true assets are are in all my clients which are basically my friends. What would you say is your most used business tool? Um, 
My staff. I mean, <laughs> uh, they are the most amazing people that you could possibly be around because whatever the issue is, I used to always have to try to solve it myself. I would think the best tool I possess is basically the soft skills with people. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is when you're in an environmental business, it's kind of a little bit of a dirty laundry thing that folks don't want to talk too much about. Or it's to be able to gain that relationship to where they can speak yeah. clearly with you and develop a true bullseye on the target versus just the target. And that's how we can help quantify how to get that done. We've been pretty successful figuring out how to win over those relationships. When you have a track record now that we're uh, of age. (laughs) 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 Excellent. Who would you say is your most respected competitor? Um, I guess there's a lot of business people that I respect. When it comes to competitors, they have companies that kind of do what we do or parts of what we do. Right. But there's very few competitors that have packaged all of our services and products that make us unique. What would you say is your most important lesson learned? Um, patience. That's definitely something you have to have in this industry. Yeah, and I would think that that's something I'm still in school on, but I think it's my level of excitement that actually gets things done. Anyway, uh, passion. I mean, I love the people probably as much as the industry. And when you see someone that's in a, in a bind, I guess I've uh, been raised right, the first thing you do is offer help. Yeah. Would you have the opinion that people in our industry are more like family more so than maybe other industries? I would think so. And you could ask everybody in my building right here if they are an employee or if they're a family member. And I think I know that answer. Um, That's what it takes, to be quite frank. Now, I probably already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. What's your favorite podcast? You know, I don't know because, you know what, I'm a prima donna at this, (laughs) (laughs) and um, I'm learning at a quick rate. Right. So the only reason you do know is because I've had to explain what I do. Yes. And um, so thanks for your patience on that. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, uh, and you've been wonderful uh, at that um, as far as you've got the persistence and you have the drive. And more importantly, I think that you're really looking for the right people that just see things a little different. A good story. I'm a collector of stories for sure. Well, I've got plenty of them. I know, (laughs) but just not all of them can be recorded. No, well, good point. (laughs) Plus, I know too many of them. Yes, yeah, you might have been a part of a few. That's pretty valid. Yeah. So now I feel it's only appropriate that we announce this week's winner of the $200 steak dinner from the Capitol Grill. Congratulations to Paige R. If you want to win a $200 steak dinner from the Capitol Grill, and why wouldn't you, right, Mark? Sure. Visit www.bore.com forward slash podcast every week. Enter your information and listen to next week's show to see if your name is chosen. And as always, a link will be provided in the show notes to make it easier to enter. 
as the relentless protector of those that power the world, Bulwark is the leader, not to mention the largest manufacturer of flame-resistant clothing globally. So once you have signed up for that steak dinner, be sure to check out the rest of Bulwark's website to learn more. And since Oil & Gas Global Network's calendar is filled with events, I also need to thank our on-the-road travel sponsors. So Lee Hecht Harrison is the world's leading talent development and transition company that helps businesses simplify the transformation of their talent and workforces to accelerate results and reduce risk. They also help individuals build their careers within their companies or transition into new opportunities. So visit www.lhh.com for more information about that. And then we have Total Land Technologies, and they have the world's most advanced field land management system, which is the Land Man Virtual Office. So visit www.totalland.com for more information about them. So thank you so much for coming on to the show, Mark. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor. Um, if people want to get to know more about you or Calm, how should they go about doing that? Well, our uh, web address is com, C-O-M-M, engineering, all one word, dot com. And ultimately, um, take a peek at with what we, we do and um, feel free to call on me. Um, and I can put all that in the show notes for anybody that's interested in reaching out. So that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.